Hey, what's going on, Connect family, PD in the house? Well, I'm in the house, and you're in your house, and I'm so glad uh, that we're doing church today. Hey, listen, if you don't know, <laughs> I want to fill you in. Today is Father's Day, okay? Of course I remember that. Of course I remember that, because I'm a father. I want you to just give it up for your father. If he's in the room right now, give him a high five, pat him on his, you know, whatever you call that, toupee, you know, tell him he looks skinny, you know, he's getting younger every day, uh, do something, tell him, tell him something nice right now, wish him a happy Father's Day, let's give up for all, give it up for all the fathers, shout out to all the dads, you know, you can tell a father, kind of an experienced father, by the clothes that he wears, you know, you know what I'm talking about, like, because his clothing, well, you know what you can do, you can tell his favorite year of his life, by the clothes he wears, because he's sort of like, there's a frame that's frozen. He's, he's trapped in a certain style of clothing. You know what I'm talking about? Like he's wearing the same kind of clothes and they're like decades behind. That's because that was his favorite period of time in his life. So anyway, just a little insight for you with dads. I heard one guy, he said, I gave my dad a hundred bucks for Father's Day. And I just said, you know, go do something nice for yourself. You know, treat yourself, go buy yourself something that makes your life easier. So the next day, he goes back to dad. I go, dad, what'd you get with the 100 bucks I gave you? He said, I went out and bought something for your mother. <laughs> okay, you get it. Anyway, <laughs> Father's Day is a day where we, we show honor to all of the dads. But it's also the day that uh, Brookstone does any business. So in case you're wondering, that's another aspect of Father's Day that's important. Now, I'm a grandparent. How many grandparents, raise your hand, kind of hit a, hit a heart button there or just say amen in the chat. If you're a grandfather, you know you don't want to go back to those days of staying up all night. Like, we're done with that. We are so grateful for the second half of life right now. Now, I want to show you a scripture that relates to grandchildren but also children. This is from Proverbs 17.6. It says, grandchildren are the crown of old men. And the glory of sons is their fathers. Notice it's plural in both cases. Some translations say this scripture like this. They say, it says, one translation read, some sons are excited about their fathers. When I read that, I was like, oh, apparently some are not. Um, the book of Malachi, it says that, that God will turn uh, the hearts of the children in the last days, back to their fathers. It'll turn the hearts of the fathers back towards uh, the children. And so we can see from Scripture in many places beyond what I just mentioned that one of the most and the, uh, you know, important relationships, few are more important than relationship between a father and his children and the children and their father. But notice the Scripture that I want to uh, highlight, this part of it. It says the glory of sons, plural, and it is the fathers, plural, and so I want to tell you something that you might not have thought about. You have more than one father. You have more than one father. In fact, you have three fathers, or you can have three fathers. So let me tell you the three types of fathers. In fact, that's what I've entitled this message is, Three Types of Fathers. Now, number one, the type of father you could have is our Heavenly Father. Our Heavenly Father. You can fill that in if you're taking notes. Uh, the scripture says in Matthew 16, Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, thy, thy, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So everything that you see, everything that, was con that, that we observe today, that we experience today, was conceived in your heavenly Father's 
mind. He made all these things possible. He put all this thing together. The scripture says there's one God and Father, uh, and from him are all things. And so it came, from, it came from our dad, our heavenly dad. And the Father, our heavenly Father, thought up the universe, the earth, the stars, the moon. Uh, the family was his idea. It was his idea. Now, he, was, he didn't need us. He chose to need us. One of the attributes of God is the, uh, the self-sufficiency of God. He was self-sufficient. Father, Son, Holy Spirit, that, that, that the Trinity, that triune relationship is a um, picture to us of self-sufficiency. So he didn't need us, but he chose to need us. He chose uh, to, to create a family for us to be together. He chose, in a sense, to make us his obsession, his kids are his obsession. But um, within this um, idea, though we are all born naturally, we are born of, uh, the scripture talks about this in John chapter 3, we are born of water. Uh, we are born from our mother's womb. When you see the story of Nicodemus, he was Jesus was talking to him and saying, you must be born again. And Nicodemus says, what are you talking about? I got to go back into my mother's womb. And Jesus is like, no, silly rabbit. We don't do that. We don't go back into our mother's womb. No, you need to be born of the spirit. And this is the uh, spirit birth or spiritual birth or what we call being born again or saved, where that term uh, emerges for us. And so even though we are born naturally, we must be born of the spirit or we do not have or have the privilege and benefit of this relationship with our Heavenly Father. And God wants us to have that relationship with Him. And though we are all His creation, we are not all His children. A lot of times people say we're all children of God. Actually, no, you're not. No, you're not. You have to choose to be a child of God. You have to choose Him to come into His family and receive the benefits of His family. In fact, there's one tough scripture where Jesus is talking to the Pharisees, and he says this. He says, you are of your father, the devil, and his works you do. Uh, so we can be humans, but not necessarily in relationship with God the Father. Are you guys getting this? So how do we be, get into relationship with God the Father? Well, the only way that we can connect with him is through his son. He just set it up that way. The only way for the relationship to be uh, uh, restored, to be redeemed, to be uh, set up right is through uh, recognition that we are a sinner and that, and that sin has a payment for it. And, as a, and so Jesus, God the Father's son, shed his blood for the remission, the payment, the removal uh, of our sins, clears our conscience, takes care of our consequence. And if we receive that by grace through faith, all of us can be in the family of God, one of his children. So the first father is our earthly father. The second father is our a spiritual father, a spiritual father. Now, once you come to know the Lord, once you are uh, born again, saved, born of the Spirit, you need somebody to help you on that spiritual journey. You need a coach. You need a guide. You need somebody to help you along that path. Now, that, that person doesn't always, it's not a, it doesn't always have to be a, a, a man. It doesn't always have to be a father. It could be a mother. It's not so much a, a, on the basis of gender, but it is on the basis of responsibility. You need someone and can have someone in your life who doesn't need anything from you, 
save honor. They, they do need your honor, but there's not something in them that's doing this because they need something from you. Nope, they're taking you under their wing. They're, in essence, adopting you spiritually, as it were, and they're helping you grow spiritually, emotionally, relationally, and sometimes even practically, depending on their gifts and uh, their strengths. And there are people who are simply ahead of you in life. And they've been there, done that, bought the T-shirt, and they can, they can show you the way. Uh, and we need that in the church of Jesus Christ. You need that. You need fathering and mothering. That's why this is, uh, the church is referred to. That one of the best descriptions is a spiritual family. A spiritual family often, if, uh, if uh, pursued, if, if engaged in. In other words, you can't benefit from a spiritual family if the only time you uh, connect with it is online. Or, or, or intermittently, uh, you have to engage in that spiritual family in order to receive the benefits of that. You know, when we were a smaller church, we didn't have classes and, and all these kind of uh, uh, groups and dream teams and, 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 and events and things like that. We just had relationships. Uh, and so th that's really biblical, you know. We just had people who would, who would help you, uh, develop you, take you under their wing and disciple you and try to bring out the best inside of you. And I, I had spiritual fathers. I have spiritual fathers. Uh, some of them have been there for a long time, and some of them uh, in recent years. And I could spend a whole message on how to get one, but in a nutshell, I would say honor, honor. And so just study honor, and, and they'll come. They'll come. But some of my spiritual fathers, Chris Hodges, um, uh, John Burns, Jonathan Del Turco, um, uh, Charlie Legacy uh, as well. And when I think about these spiritual fathers, they all br bring something to me to help me in my spiritual journey. Like Pastor Chris, amongst many things, he's my, my pastor, my spiritual father. Um, he has helped me grow in humility because he, he is innately humble. In fact, he has so much influence and so much authority and yet extremely humble. It's not about... Chris Hodges. I love that about him. Um, he's also helped me grow, uh, I would say, and learn and, and become curious. So humility and curiosity. He, he asks incredible questions, and that's why I think he's so wise. Uh, Pastor Jonathan Del Turco, who's one of my spiritual fathers and one of my closest friends in life. I consider one of my best friends. Uh, he's taught me about faithfulness. I, I look at he and Verna, and I just say, there is faithfulness um, you know, uh, lived out. And, and he's taught me what it means to be a good shepherd, a caring shepherd. Uh, when I look at uh, Pastor John Burns, I see optimism, a positive attitude, um, always believing in me. Oh, he just, I just feel like I can do anything when I'm with and around. Uh, sometimes I need an injection from John Burns. And then uh, another one you may not know, some of you guys know, pa uh, Pastor Charlie Legassi. He's since retired and living in Pennsylvania, but he's one of my spiritual fathers that I've, I, I've recently told him. I look at him that way in the last few years. And he taught me about money. He taught me a, a lot of practical things. He, he helped me to be uh, wise and prudent when it comes uh, to stewardship. So I thank the Lord today for my spiritual fathers. I thank the Lord today for my earthly father, which I'll come to uh, next. The third type of father is the earthly father or your natural father. Um, I, I know that I have been blessed with an earthly father. Some people don't know their earthly father. Uh, they're, they're disconnected from their earthly father and and, and, and my heart goes out to you. That's why it's so important that you have a heavenly father and a spiritual father. 
because sometimes those will uh, offset and even outperform your earthly fathers. But I, I lived under the roof of a great man. Um, I, his life dramatically affected mine, in, impacted in many ways. He was a true pioneer, a man of faith, a man of vision, um, you know, a man uh, of many experiences and stories. One of the funniest people that I ever met. I got to see his transformation. I, I, I was able to witness it, and because of that, I saw the before and after, the BCAC, the before Christ, after Christ, in Ernie Fry, Ernest William Fry, he likes to say, wonderful. Uh, but my dad had a heart attack at 29 years of age and nearly died, but it was a catalyst for change in his life. It's interesting that Ben Franklin says it like this, some things that hurt us most instruct us most. Sometimes we only change when we hurt enough we have to. And, and he became not only a radical Christian after that, a man of faith and power, but he became a, a radical health nut. Uh, later in life, because of his learned nature, we used to refer to him as the doctor. I would call him before I would go to a doctor, and um, I became his proselyte. And I was thinking about things that he did to impact me, and just the other day, I was popping some vitamins in my mouth, and, and if you saw my house, some of you know and been to my house, and you've seen my little stockade of, of, uh, of supplements, and I was popping those in my mouth, and I was thinking about my dad and how that and how he dramatically influenced me in the care and the temple maintenance of, 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 of the maintenance of the temple of God. And, and just the other day, I was buying somebody lunch. Now it's COVID, you know, has, has kept me from spending money, which has been a blessing. But I finally got to buy somebody lunch. It was such a it was such a joy. And I was thinking my, my dad influenced me that way. One of the things I love to do is to pay for somebody's meal and to give to give food away. Um, another another time recently, I was just thinking of these things. I rose early to pray. I'm an early riser, and, and I was just kind of in my quiet place in, in the basement praying, and, and I thought about my dad because I used to observe him and listen to him talk to God. It had a major impact on my life. Uh, uh, just the other day, I was counseling somebody on the phone, and I was quoting my daddy. I was saying, my daddy says, etc., etc. Et just the other day, I was looking in the mirror, and, I, and, I, and looking at my face and looking at my expression and my wrinkles, and I thought, there's my daddy right there, even in my face. My dad has had a profound impact on my life. Now, my father didn't so much tell me how to live as much as he let me watch him live his life out. And the role, the point I'm making is this, the role of a father is huge. And I could go on and on about his strong constitutions and uh, how he shaped my, my view of generosity, uh, his work ethic. I got that. It has blessings and curses to it. His, his command of the scriptures, um, his wisdom and problem solving and how he led, like his, led with his chin sometimes into chaos. I believe there are your heavenly father, your spiritual fathers, your earthly fathers. Sometimes they're teaching you things in odd moments um, where, where they are unintentionally instructing us. We, we are, I think, the formations of scraps of wisdom over time. Scraps of wisdom over time. And few, I understand, can boast, many cannot boast about their relationship with their father. And yet, there is still influence from them, good or bad. And we see and know Many who are wounded. I've been wounded by my father, even though I had good things about my father. There were difficult things about my relationship with my father. The need for affirmation, probably one of 
the most critical. There's nothing like the words of affirmation from a father to a son. Uh, we all, in a sense, you know, have a hole in our heart if we don't have those. Even, even Barack Obama, when he was president, he was, spoke on Father's Day and in front of the whole world referenced that he had a hole in his heart from his father where he didn't hear the words of affirmation. See, that's the enemy's plot to minimize and marginalize the offspring of the children of the world because of the absence of a healthy or good, as we like to say, as the song says, good, good father. So I want to give you some help in how you see fathering right. I'm going to give you seven principles. I'm going to go through these really rapidly, but seven principles of a good father. Now, if you don't think these are important, uh, all you need to do is go to one of the local prisons, talk to some of the inmates there, ask them some questions, because those jails are filled with people who never saw or don't know where their fathers are, and they'll tell you of the impact it has. One of my closest friends and one of my kind of spiritual sons is, as you guys know, is Pastor Emmy Vasquez, and and uh, his father is incarcerated right now. And the impact that that has had on his life way into adulthood where he's had to work through those things and, and, and supplement those things with an incredible relation. I shouldn't say supplement, but I should say experience an incredible relationship with his heavenly father and build strong relationships with spiritual fathers has, has made him the strong leader that he is today. But the key to good fathering, number one, is that a father should be someone you can imitate. So how do you know if it's a good father? You can imitate them. And by the way, someone's following you one way or the other, but you need to choose who you imitate. Uh, Paul was speaking to the Corinthian church, and he says this in 1 Corinthians 4, verse 15 and 16. He says, for if you were to have countless tutors, that's like tapes and books and CDs and podcasts and, and, and YouTube sermons, if you were to have countless tutors in Christ, yet you would not have many fathers. What is he saying right there? I think he's saying you don't have uh, primary influencers in your life. For in Christ Jesus, Paul said, I became your father through the gospel. So we can see in our definitions that this is the one of a spiritual father. So Paul is sort of saying you could have, you could get to heaven but you might not grow here on earth if you don't have uh, spiritual fathers. And so I, he's saying, I urge you. Then he says, I exhort you, be imitators of me. So a good father is someone that you can imitate. And I encourage you to find one, uh, to seek out one, because uh, it, it, you want to find one that uh, you can follow, that you can imitate, uh, that is leading intentionally, that's not just saying, Saying something and, say, and saying, do as I say, they're saying, do as I do. See, a lot of times people are saying, do as I say. They're not saying, do as I do. You want to find somebody that says, do as I do. Now, I'm telling pastors now at this stage of my life, uh, I know you're thinking, he's so young. There's no way he's a grandfather or even a father. He's so young. Um, thank you very much. Um, but I'm, 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 I'm kind of a, a spiritual father to, to other people and, and pastors around New England and people even in this church that uh, I'm not even pastor. I'm like Pops or Papa D to a lot of people in this church. And But one of the things that I try to do is tell them to be bigger on the inside than they are on the outside because you won't be able to overcome in this life if you're not building up that inside. And one of the things that I'm trying to do is be an example to them of what that looks like. So when the lawnmower thing comes apart, you have self-control. So that when somebody crosses you in, you know, on Route 9, you don't lose your cool. It's the little things 
that really matter. They lead to the big things. Do, you know, does the person that you choose to imitate, do they, do they pay their bills on time? Do they pay their tithes? Do they, are they even tempered? Do they, do they, are they quick to raise their voice? Is, are they a man of their word? Do they treat their wife well? How do they lead other families? Uh, is divorce uh, a word that they throw around? You know, we, my wife and I never throw that word around. The D word is off limits in our house. I heard one guy say, like, we, I don't believe in divorce. Murder, maybe, but not divorce. Uh, but you gotta have you got to have people that are, choose to be an example, somebody that you can imitate in your life. Paul said, imitate me. Philippians 3.17 says it like this. Join with others in following my example and take note or you could say pay special attention of those who live according to the pattern, the way of living that we gave you. Philippians 4.9 says, whatever you've learned, look at this, received, heard, or seen in me. That's like all of me. Check it out. Check it out. All of me. Check it out. He said, put into practice. Put into practice. And what happens, the benefit of having somebody that you can imitate is the God of peace will be with you, will be with you. Number two, write this down. A father has a certain standard, uh, 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 standards, uh, a set of values, a uh, principles. Uh, a good father is a principled man, a principled man. He doesn't compromise uh, for the little things, and, uh, for anything or for anyone. He won't compromise his principles. 1 Corinthians 4, 17. Are you getting something out of this? Come on, give some likes right there. Let's have some amens in the chat. This is good preaching for Father's Day, okay? 1 Corinthians 4, 17 says, For this reason I have sent to you Timothy, who's his son, who is my beloved, faithful child in the Lord. Look how he refers to him. And he will remind you of my ways. So the son was so familiar with the spiritual father that he could tell somebody else, oh, this is how my spiritual dad you know, lives. This is what he would say. Uh, this is kind of like, what would, what would PD do bracelet? Like, that's what, th that's what he's saying right here. He will remind you of my ways, which are in Christ Jesus, just as I teach you everywhere in the church. So my ways in this text is really saying, follow my principles uh, that I live by. Son, I want you to follow these, and son, I want you to follow these in such a way that you can give them away. You know, one of the ways that you can know that somebody's a true follower is they can give away what you've given them. A lot of times people just receive, receive, receive. It's going in one ear and it's going out the other. We want to see it go in, chew, stew, you know, uh, digest, and then become a part of the muscle and, and, and sinew and, 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 and spiritual and the life force of who you are. And it's something that you give it away to other people. But nothing has caused people to compromise their principles uh, if, like, like money. Like money, it's amazing. Uh, the, word, the world system says that everybody has a price. Everybody has a price. You've heard that in more movies probably than you can count. But when I was installed as the senior pastor of this church, right here on this stage, my daddy, we had a foot washing. That might be very unfamiliar to some of you, uh, but uh, you don't want to take your shoes off if you're not ready for that. Come on, somebody. And, um, but we had a foot washing, and I can remember when he was washing my feet, he was exhorting me as the successor. And he said, son, never, never, never compromise. Never give in to the girls, the glory, and the gold. And, and so those were principles that he was, he was saying, follow my ways. Follow these principles in your life. Because those 
it, even in the smallest way, under those uh, particular areas, if you compromise in the smallest way, it'll lead to big-time crashes in your life. You say, well, you know, the little things, they're not a big deal. Listen, I can remember one time coming out of a CVS. I went into a CVS, and I went to get one thing. How many know all the fathers? You know what I'm talking about. You go to get one thing, but you come out with more than you, than, than you went in for because we just are just terrible shoppers. Uh, so anyway, I, I, I went in for one thing, and because I was just going in for one thing, I didn't get a basket, I didn't get a whatever, I was going to say a stroller, I didn't get a, a carriage, a push carriage, and so I started putting stuff in my pockets. And so then when I went to pay, I started pulling stuff out, well, I forgot to pull a toothbrush out of my back pocket. So I go out of the, park, out of the store, and, 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 and I get into the parking lot, and I'm, I'm looking for my keys, I grab, oh my gosh, there's a toothbrush, I'm like, dang it, I'm just being honest, I'm like, can't believe that. I don't want to go all the way back in there for a buck seventy-nine. And right then, the Holy Spirit says to me, "How much is your integrity worth? Is it worth a buck seventy-nine? Whoa! I was like, ooh, drop the mic moment. Thank you very much, Holy Spirit. Marched myself back. Ma'am, I'm really sorry. Waited in line, but I got to the front and I said, "Ma'am, I forgot to pay for this one." I went out the door. She's looking at me like, "Like, who are you?" You know, like, what planet are you on? But see, we need to be people with principles that are uncompromising. We will not be moved. We will not be enticed by power, by pleasure, uh, by possessions, uh, big or small. And, and, and it, Because why? Because it takes a lifetime to build our character, to build our reputation, and it takes a moment, a second, to lose it all. It's just not worth it. So I think kids, children, our followers need to see that, that dads, fathers are predictable. Uh, that, that, that my kids, for example, they know, they know my ways. They know the good and bad of my ways. They know I like things in order. I'm kind of a strack person. They know that I'm into health. They know that I like to get things done and like accomplish something. They know that I keep my word. They know that I got their back no matter what. My kids know that. The Bible says that we, we got to keep our word, Psalm 15, 4, to our own hurt, even when it's difficult. We, if we told our kids we're going to do something, we need to come through and do that for them. Most decisions, listen to this. This is a great thing to write down. Most decisions in your life would be easy if you lived by principles because principles are predetermined decisions that you've, de you've decided things long in advance. So principles help you make decisions so that you don't have to in times of crisis and in times of temptation. Number three, write this down. You need a father, get ready, get ready, get ready, that will correct you. That will correct you. See, if I didn't get correction, I would be a mess. I wouldn't be standing here today without correction. The Bible says that foolishness is bound in the heart of a child, but the rod of correction drives it out. I don't know about you, but my daddy drove some... He drove some foolishness out of me, for sure. I can remember many times getting in trouble at school, and I would think, oh, my gosh, if, if my daddy finds out about this, like, it's going to be bad. I wouldn't want him to find out. I can remember sometimes getting off the bus thinking they've already called him, and I'm walking home, and I'd hear his voice, Derek, Derek, is that you? Come directly home. And I'd be like, oh, man, he knows. He knows. You know, and he had that voice of authority that would just like pierce through your chest cavity all the way to your heart and increase your heart rate like, you know, 30, 40, 50 beats more per minute. And, and that voice would come. And as I'm walking home a little slower now, I'm thinking about 
that the, the fact that the board of education is going to be applied to the seat of higher learning, you know? And, and, and many times I would have foolishness driven out of me. I remember one time I was, I grew up in a home where, where, where our parents spanked us. And I remember one time uh, my dad said, go to your room, you're going to get a spanking. And, uh, man, I'm, and I'm just, like, not happy about that. And so when I got my spanking, it wasn't, it wasn't good. And I'm, like, yelling. And then later, because my, kid, my friends in the neighborhood were coming to play, they heard it. So they came out, and they're like, did you just get a spanking? And I'm like, no, that wasn't a spanking. That was a hog killing. <laughs> I mean, I would just, anyway, we won't go there. It's amazing. I'm still here today. But I thank the Lord. Even though it was difficult sometimes for the correction that I had. Today, I thank God. Back then, I did not. But, but because of the correction I received, I, I now hit pause when stupid comes into my brain. We all, we're all just, just one, one decision away from stupid. And so when decision, stupid decisions come in your head, what makes you hit pause? It's usually the correction that you've received in your life that reminds you. And so I still have a built-in healthy fear of authority. I still get, I'm 52. If a cop's like driving by me, I'm like, ho, ho, you know, hurry. You know, it's just because there's that, there's that healthy fear because I received correction. A good father will tell you when you're going the wrong way. They won't let you go off a cliff. They're doing it out of protection, not restriction, because they love you, not because they want to hurt you. That's a good father. 1 Corinthians 4.21 says, Paul speaking, what do you desire? Shall I come to you with a rod? Or with love and a spirit of gentleness. <laughs> so Paul's basically mentioning a spanking here. He's saying, I will get corrected if I need to. Do I need to? And, and so we, we often need fathers, not just to be our friends, but the reality is we need a mentor. We, need a, we sometimes need correction. Are you giving someone permission to, to father you and to correct you? Number four, a father provides for you. I thank God for a providing father. Uh, I've heard people say things in a derogatory way about dads, like, all he's good for is a paycheck. All he's good for is a paycheck. Well, I would just say to you, ma'am, sir, that's a pretty good start. That's a pretty good start. Since the Bible references that a man that cannot provide, provide for his family is worse than an unbeliever, a man who can provide is a good believer. So I think we need to give it up for all the dads who work hard, who provide for their families day in and day out. Let's give it up for the dads. Come on, show some love for all the dads out there. Fathers work. When they're saved, they work for the needs of others. They work for the needs of others. When Jesus came into your life, it changes the motivations for your life as well. And so the Heavenly Father loves to give to you. He loves to pour out blessings. He's not stingy. He's generous. Uh, he doesn't have bad gifts. He has good gifts for you. The, the scripture says this about fathers. It says, James 1.17 says it like this. Every good and perfect gift is from above and cometh down from the Father of lights. Where do good gifts come from? They come from the Father, with whom, is, with whom is no variableness, neither shadow of turning. See, fathers, if, 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 if our father, if you being evil, that he's saying about us as fathers to our children, know how to give good gifts to your children. So earthly fathers who have sin in their lives, who are not perfect like God is, know how to give good gifts. How much more will God, who is perfect, give to us? So we do. We have a good, good father. By the way, your circumstances will change um, when you change your view and the way that you think about your father. I would just say to you that a lot of times your perspective and your attitude 
will attract certain things to you. If you expect good things, if you believe good things of your heavenly father, God will begin to bless you. My mom, she's convinced that parking spots uh, at, the, at the mall come because of God the Father. Uh, some people believe promotions come to them because of God the Father. I believe that good health comes and good night's sleep comes because of a good, good father. So I, I pray that you see your heavenly father the right way. Number five, a good father is one who plans for his children, who plans for his children. Since our children have been born, we have four children now, six children by marriage, and two and a half grandchildren, one on the way. Come on, somebody. Uh, we are always, as husband and wife, Stacy and I, thinking about our kids' future. And, um, you know, when my, when my wife and I had our third daughter, um, Morgan, as soon as she came out into the real world, I remember picking her up and holding her. And the first thing I said is, oh, man, now I got to pay for three weddings. See, as a dad, I was already thinking about the future. But good dads invest in their kids, and they pour into their kids, and they think about their kids' future. 2 Corinthians 12, 14 says, Children are not responsible to save up for their parents, but parents for their children. Amen. So a lot of your conversation should be about planning for your kids and for your kids' success and succession. Number six, a good father shows how proud they are of you. A good father shows how proud they are of you. Some people say, I don't need that. I'm a self-made man. Really? Really? No, I think deep down you needed to hear something, and there's maybe a, a vacancy or a vacuum there. You know, just, just this morning I received texts from pastors, grown men, who were just thanking me. They, they, they could never express the affirmation, how important the affirmation is, and and, and the impact, I, I, I thought to myself, I'm not even hardly doing anything. Just the void and the vacuum is so great. Even the smallest amounts of effort make such a big impact. Pastors and people and, 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 and fathers and sons are looking all over this world, all over this nation, for somebody who would care for them and who would affirm them and who would say that they are proud of them. The first words that God said to his only son were, this is my son, whom I love and with whom I am well pleased. And, and so, you know, if we don't, I heard one quote say, if we don't praise our sons and our daughters, they'll praise themselves. That's not good, and God doesn't want us to do it that way. We need to be proud of my kids. And I want to say on record today, if my children are listening and they're watching, I want to say how proud, as a father, how proud I am of Devin Joshua and of Mallory and of... Madison and of Morgan and of my, my daughter-in-law, Natalia, you know, who I love so dearly, and of Wilkes, and of my grandson, Zion, and of my grandson, Hudson Gray, and of my new grandson-to-be, and I can't say his name yet because it's not official. Praise the Lord. All right, so I'm so proud. Uh, I heard the story of T.D. Jakes, and, and, and he, he was sharing how he had the largest speaking engagement ever of his career. He was going to speak in Africa to over a million people. It was a 22-hour flight to get there. And on his way uh, uh, there, the super long flight, he's just getting pumped. He's so excited. It was a dream come true. He gets there, and it's only hours before he's going to have to preach. And he gets a phone call from his wife, and his wife says that your son, your young son at 29 years old, has just had a heart attack. And he's in the hospital, and he's asking for his daddy. 
And so immediately T.D. Jakes calls whoever's in charge of the event and says, I'm not going to be there tonight. I'm going home because my son needs me. My son needs me, and I'm, I'm leaving. And so he got on a 22-hour flight immediately back home, and, and every time there was a stop or a connection, he'd call, and he'd, he'd get his son on the phone, and he'd say, Daddy's almost there. You hang on. You hear me? Daddy's almost there. You hang on. You hear me? And, 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 and his son, every time he'd hang up, he'd say, My daddy's coming. My daddy's coming. My daddy's almost here. My daddy's coming. And then when he got there to see his son, he just said, oh, no, Satan, you're not taking my boy. There's nothing you're going to do. You, you have no right. He began to pray for him, began to worship, and that boy came back to life. That boy uh, came back to full health. But his daddy was not only proud of him, but his daddy was committed to him. We need fathers who are committed to our children no matter what. We don't put anything above our families and our children. We, don't, we, we wouldn't let a speaking engagement or, or, or some way to make some kind of profit or some kind of sale. We make sure that we put, we put God first and then we put our family right underneath that. The final thing that a father does as I close the message today is a father prepares you for eternity. Since my children were very young, We've been preoccupied with the importance of them being children of God, not just God's creation. And that God in heaven has no grandchildren. They can't get into heaven because their daddy knows Jesus, because their mama knows Jesus, because we, we went to church. No, they have to have their own relationship with him. It's so important that we prepare our children for eternity. In Acts chapter 17, verse 26, it says, And he, God, determined the time set for them, children, and the exact places where they would live with us. And God did so, this so that men would seek him and perhaps reach out for him and find him. Though he is not far from each one of us. For in him we live and move and have our being. He put you where you are. He placed you where you live. He even has you listening to this right now so that perhaps you would reach out for him. But many of you are sons and daughters of God that you're running from your heavenly father. You're on the run from your heavenly father. Some of you might be like the prodigal son in a hog pen right now, in the mud, and in a messy situation. I want to encourage you to get up out of those circumstances emotionally, spiritually, relationally, maybe even practically. Get out and start running back to God the Father. And you need to know something, that God the Father is running back to you right now. So with every head bowed, wherever you are, Maybe all over the country. Maybe uh, you're sitting in the privacy of your, your bedroom right now or your living room. Wherever you are, I want you to just bow your heads. I want you to close your eyes. I want you to give God a holy moment right now. If you know you're on the run from God, you're far from God, you're disconnected from God. Maybe you've never given your life to Jesus Christ. You've never surrendered to him. You're a creation of God, but not a child of God. And today, I would tell you, sir, man, boy, or girl, today is the day of salvation for you. I want you to say, yes, Lord, I want to be a part of the family of God. I realize and recognize that I need to choose you. And so today, I choose Jesus Christ. Say that right out loud. Say, today, today, I choose of my own free will to be a part of the family of God. I surrender my life to you. Today I realize that only Jesus, come on, say that, only Jesus can give me a relationship with God the Father. He paid for my sins because of the shed blood of Jesus Christ. I can be in right standing with him now and forevermore. 
in Jesus' name. Now stay right there. For those of you who know him, but you're distant from him, I want you to pray with me. I want you to say this. I want you to say, Jesus, I'm coming home. I've been far away from God. I've been acting like a prodigal. I've been disconnected, dis distant from you, out of fellowship with you. Today I recognize that you're a good, good father and I want to come back to you and I thank you, God, that you're so good to me, that you're so gracious to me and I see what the father looks like and I want to be in relationship with him. Come on, say that right now. Now, Father, for every person who prayed that first prayer, seal it until the day of redemption. For every person who's praying that prayer to come back to God, I pray in Jesus' name that you witness to them that you are running to meet them where they are in Jesus' name. Come on, church. Let's give a big hand for all those people who made that decision, all those people who returned back to him. Come on, let's shout. Let's give praise. We're so thankful. I love you guys. I'm so glad that you heard the word of God today. Your lives are changed forevermore. God bless you.